Lord, at this time we ask that you clear away the distractions that may loom and cast shadows over our hearts and our minds. We ask that you shine your eternal light on us instead and illuminate those hearts, illuminate our minds, open us to your word. Let us be receptive to the scripture as it is read this morning. Let the words that are written there, although written so long ago, may them be relevant and meaningful for us today, and may we find your message for us revealed in them. We ask this in your holy name. Amen. Please stand if you are able for the reading of the word. Our scripture this morning comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, verses 6 through 24. A voice says, cry, and I said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass, the grass withers, the flower fades, But the word of our God will stand forever. Go on up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up, fear not. Say to the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Behold, the Lord God comes with might, and his arms rule for him. Behold, the reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms, he will carry them in his bosom, and gently lead those that are with young. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hands, and marked off the heavens with a span, and closed the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains and scales and the hills in a balance? Who has measured the spirit of the Lord, or what man shows him counsel? Whom did he consult, and who made him understand? Who taught him the path of justice? and taught him knowledge, and showed him the way of understanding. Behold, the nations are like a drop from a bucket, and are accounted as the dust on the scales. Behold, he takes up the coastlands like fine dust. Lebanon would not suffice for fuel, nor are its beasts enough for a burnt offering. All the nations are as nothing before him. They are accounted by him as less than nothing, and emptiness. To whom, then, will you liken God? Or what likeness compare with him? An idol, a craftsman casts it, and a goldsmith overlays it with gold and casts for it silver chains. He who is too impoverished for an offering chooses wood that will not rot. He seeks out a skillful craftsman to set up an idol that will not move. But do you not know? Do you not hear? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth. And its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to dwell in, who brings princes to nothing and makes the rulers of the earth as emptiness. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown, scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth when he blows on them and they wither, and the tempest carries them off like stubble. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated.
As I mentioned to the children in the children's sermon, today is All Saints Sunday. And it's a time where it's good for us to remember and reflect on a few things. Uh, first of all, it's, it's a time for us to remember the saints. And that is typically what we do. That is uh, what, what we've talked about during the children's sermon. Um, we, we remember the people who have been a part of this church in, uh, in days gone by. We remember how they have shaped us, how they have influenced us. And, uh, and we recall how they've uh, inspired us in our own faith. And so that is obviously one important component of All Saints Sunday. As I look back on my own life, I remember people who were uh, part of, of my own uh, shaping and upbringing. I remember people in the church that I grew up in. Um, I remember a man named Mr. Shine who was always kind to the children. He was... Uh, called one of our Sunday school teachers, but really he never really taught us anything. He kind of showed up towards the end of class uh, with donuts. And, uh, and so he was my favorite Sunday school teacher. But uh, even outside of the Sunday school setting, he, he was always kind. Uh, he worked at Raymond Row Furniture in downtown Columbus. And when my parents would go there and shop for furniture, I would be very bored. Um, I would just, I didn't care anything about furniture. And, uh, and he would always come and talk to me and give me a piece of gum or give me a quarter to put in the gumball machine or something like that. He was just always very kind. I remember as a kid just always looking forward to seeing him. His kindness helped me understand what kindness looks like. And there's nothing more important for a child than, than to witness that. And there were other saints, too, that had an influence on my life and still do. Uh, there was a, a lady uh, that taught Sunday school when I was a kid named Miss Humber. And I didn't think much of it at the time. Miss Humber was very, very old. She taught Sunday school uh, until she just couldn't do it anymore. She was in her 90s, I believe, when she finally stopped doing it. But um, that didn't really resonate with me as a child. But as I grow older and I think back on that, that is a really powerful testimony even still today. And it inspires me. When, uh, when there are times where I don't, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm feeling too tired or too run down or too worn down to serve. And then I think of Miss Humber and I think of people like her. And I'm sure that we can all remember saints in our own lives. People who have inspired us. People who have shaped us in our faith. But we also remember even those that we didn't know. We remember those from generations and generations ago that left their mark on the people who left their mark on us. You see, we can trace our faith all the way back to Jesus, all the way back to the apostles. And we can say that anyone who influenced us or inspired us, they were influenced or inspired by someone. And we can, we can trace that all the way back. So on All Saints Sunday, we remember those who have passed, those who have gone before us, those who have finished that race before us. But we also remember all the saints going all the way back to the days of Jesus Christ. Now, another reason for us to uh, observe All Saints Sunday is to uh, begin to understand and regard ourselves as saints. Now, that sounds strange. We might not uh, want to uh, regard ourselves as saints sometimes. Um, we certainly don't always regard each other as saints. 
But uh, the Catholic Church believes that to become a saint, it has to be verified, voted on by the Vatican. You have to do so many verified miracles in your life and, and all of that. But we, we don't believe that. As, as Methodists, we believe uh, that we are all moving on towards perfection. We are all being sanctified. We are all being becoming holy, being shaped into the person that God intends us to be. And so to understand ourselves as saints in training is an important part of our living. It's an important part of our sanctification. But then also on Saints, uh, All Saints Sunday, it's important for us to realize that, um, that this world around us is, is not the, uh, the kingdom that will reign eternal. You see, as we remember those who have passed on, those who have finished the race before us, we also realize that they are part of still of the same kingdom that we are a part of. We claim citizenship in the eternal kingdom, and so do they. They can see it now, but we can't. But we are still citizens nonetheless. And that's important for us to remember, especially in this day and age when we can so easily be distracted by a number of other things. We can so easily be distracted by what is going on in the world, what is going on politically, uh, if you just look at what is going on in our nation right now, uh, this week we have uh, we have an election or something coming up. We, we, we have the presidential election happening uh, this week, along with many other elections. But this, this election, as, as you see it play out, you see how deeply divided people have become. And you see that this election and the campaigns, they've caused a lot of anger, they've caused a lot of uh, uh, division, Fear, paranoia, distrust, even uh, in, in some people a feeling of helplessness and maybe even complacency. And, and, and the reason we get wrapped up in those emotions, that anger, that fear, that distrust, is because we are seeing this temporary kingdom all around us. And we are obsessed with it. And we are incapable of looking past it and recognizing the eternal kingdom that we claim citizenship in. And it too is all around us, but it doesn't scream for our attention the same way that the temporary kingdom does. We have to remember this is not our eternal home. Mortal life is temporary. And the passage that we just read from Isaiah says the grass withered, the flower fades. Surely people are like grass. The Lord blows on us and we just, we disappear. It's over. Our mortal life is temporary. Uh, if you were here on Wednesday, you know that we st started a study on Philippians. And one of the things we talked about was Paul's uh, joy and hope in that letter. Even though he was sitting in prison and he knew he was about to be executed, he was just still so joyful. And he was saying, whether I live or whether I die, Christ will be glorified in it. You see, Paul was looking at the kingdom unseen. He was aware that his role, his mortal life, was only a small piece in the advancement of that kingdom, the kingdom of Jesus Christ. So if mortal life is temporary, that means also mortal leaders are temporary. No matter who comes into power, no matter who wins the election on Tuesday, we can know, we can rest assured that it will be temporary. And I'm sure a lot of you will be very happy to think about that, that whoever wins the election, it's going to be temporary. 
Because the truth is, as the song says, kings and kingdoms will all pass away. But Jesus Christ and his kingdom will live forever. And if kings are temporary, if they pass away, so do nations. And again, in the passage that we just read, God says the nations are like nothing to him. The nations crumble. The nations, he sees the nations as just these, these things that are really less than nothing in the grand scheme of things. So as we get all worked up about our nation and about our leaders and our election, we start to feel this, this anxiety and this anger and paranoia and all of this. It does us good to pause and realize we are mortal. This world and its systems that we've created will pass away, but the Word of God will live forever. Now, does that mean that we shouldn't care about what's going on? No. We absolutely should care, but we have to do it with perspective. While we are here, while we are living, we have a role to play, we have a duty to fulfill, but we should do it with an eternal perspective. I'm a a lover of nature. I love uh, hiking. I love uh, going to the beach, uh, not really for the, the hotel or the restaurants or anything like that, but because I like being near the ocean, rivers. Uh, we, we, we took the kids to, to um, FDR State Park a few weeks ago just to go hiking, just a day trip. And, and uh, I'm hoping that's something that they'll pick up from me is that love of nature. But I believe that God can teach us anything uh, that he really wants us to know. He can teach us some very, very valuable lessons through nature. And so I want us now to think about a tree, the life of a tree. If a tree behaved like we do, if a tree thought like we do, the tree would probably be self-absorbed, self-consumed, and and really, really concerned about just what was right there in its own visibility. It would worry about nothing except itself, maybe the trees around it, and what it could see. Because that's how so many people go through life in our world today. Just really looking at what they can see, what they can understand, what's around them. But the truth is, the tree is part of something greater. It's part of a large forest. And even more than that, it's part of an ecosystem where it gives off oxygen that we breathe. And it it takes in that carbon dioxide. And 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 it gives vegetation, some of them do. Uh, it, It produces leaves. But even as it dies, it returns to the earth and it fertilizes the soil. And that goes on, and it goes on, and goes on. So every tree that has ever existed is now part of our earth. Even if it is deep down in the soil, providing bedrock for newer soil, it is still part of our ecosystem. So as believers in Christ, we must understand that it is the same with us. We can look around at just what we see, what's in this world around us, and we can become obsessed with that. Or we can understand that we are part of God's ecosystem. We are part of something much greater. And even as we pass from this life into the next, we will continue to be a part of that ecosystem. We will continue to be a part of that kingdom. All the saints that we remember that have finished the race before us, all of those that have passed on, they are still in the kingdom, just as we are. The only difference is they are aware of it uh, more so because they see it with their own eyes. We can't see it, but they do. They're always there, and they now understand their eternal reality 
probably better than we ever could. But if we get back to the tree and we think about how it grows and how it changes, we think about how it goes through seasons, we could say the same thing about our lives as believers. There's a time where we bloom, we blossom in the spring. Summer comes and things get wild. We, we grow free and maybe we're, we're a little bit, we, we're in need of taming. We need to be trimmed back. But then autumn comes and what happens? Autumn is the most beautiful time of the year to me. The leaves start to change, turn colors. And what's happening? They're dying. They're passing away, but they're becoming more beautiful all the time as that tree matures. And as the leaves fall on the ground, the vegetation falls on the ground, they continue to become part of that ecosystem. And we do the same. We go through these lives, these mortal lives, in a state of transition. But then, as we mature, we, become, we realize we are a part of something much greater. And what is that? It's the kingdom of God. Today, we take Holy Communion. We come to the table, and as we take Holy Communion, we make this confession. We say, uh, we join together with the company of heaven. But what do we mean by that? We join together with the company of heaven. It means that all the saints and all the angels that are in glory, even right now, are praising God. And as we gather around this table, as we gather around this altar, we are doing the same. And we are doing it with them. A lot of people get confused by the book of Revelation. A lot of people think that, uh, that it's, it's this chronological uh, telling of all these events that are going to happen at the end times or the uh, Armageddon, the apocalypse. But I think a lot of what is written in Revelation is really John seeing what is going on in the spiritual world right now. What is always going on in the spiritual world. And in one passage, he talks about the throne room and he says the saints and the angels are gathered there and they're just constantly day and night praising and worshiping God saying, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. That's happening right now. They are doing that right now. And when we come to the altar and we pray, we say we join together with them. And this is a point of intersection between our world, this mortal world, and the eternal kingdom that we claim allegiance to. Regardless of what happens on Tuesday, regardless of what happens in the election, we can take joy in knowing that there is much more to life than this life. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away, but the word of our God will stand forever. What citizenship do you claim? Are you consumed with a a self-absorbed kingdom that is temporary and fleeting? Or are you part of God's ecosystem, knowing that we will always be in transition, but we will always be living in a state of worship and a state of service to his glory? If that's what we choose, then we can be assured that we will, as the passage goes on to say, eventually mount up with wings as eagles. We can know with confidence that we are always in the company of heaven, we are always accompanied by the saints and hosts of heaven as we live these mortal lives. Why? Because if we believe in Jesus Christ, if we find our salvation in him, if we claim him as the king, then even now we are citizens of that eternal kingdom. Turn with me to page 12 in your hymnals as we prepare for this moment of communion. 
with Christ and with the company of heaven. I want to take the opportunity to remind you the altar is is open. The table is open. Regardless of membership, regardless of denomination or church affiliation, the table is open to all. All are welcome. Because Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. We have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The great thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
And when the supper was over, he took the cup, he gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice and union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here, and on these gifts of bread and wine, make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Lord, as we receive these gifts of bread and wine, we are reminded that they are your body and blood, and they remind us that we also are body and blood. But our body, our blood, is temporary. It is fading. But you are eternal. We ask that you remind us of that daily 
us aware of your eternal kingdom. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
by this broken body we are reconciled. By your stripes and by your blood we are healed. Lord, we ask that with the same grace that you have shown us, we will take it to the world and show that grace, your grace and your love to all of your creation. In your name we pray. Amen. Our hymn of invitation this morning is, is hymn number 580. Uh, if you've made a decision of any type today, I invite you and encourage you to come forward as we sing. Please stand if you are able. Hymn number 580, Lead On, O King Eternal.